Greetings, travellers, and welcome to the very first episode of the Realms Podcast. My name is Matt, aka Martilne, and in this inaugural episode, I sit down with Lockie James, also known as the Bardler, who is one of, if not the most important collaborators that has worked on the Realms project so far. Lockie is a musician, storyteller, dungeon master, writer, and is responsible for the Realms Story Expositions, which are the expanded stories attached to each of the tracks as part of the Traveller Chronicles, which you can find on the Realms website. If you don't know what Realms is, Realms is a transmedial experience created by me, Matt, Martin, which combines music, storytelling, and world building presented across multiple forms of media, uh, such as social media, music, literature, visual art, and much more. And the first part of the Realm story is out now, and you can experience it by heading to the Realms website, which is realms-universe.com. This chat you're about to listen to was recorded live on Twitch and Instagram, and in it, I chat with Lockie about how he got into writing, how he came to be involved in the Realms Project, what his writing process was like, and also what it was like for him as a writer working on the project. We also talk about how the music influenced the writing of the story, and then, in turn, how the story influenced the writing of the music. Speaking of the music, you can find The Traveller Chronicles Volume 1 Awakening Act 1, A New Traveller, on all your favourite music streaming platforms. But if you want the full story-driven experience, I would love to invite you to check out the website over at realms-universe.com. You can also find a link to the website in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. You can purchase a deluxe version of Act 1 over on the Bandcamp page as well, which comes with a whole bunch of extra cool downloadable stuff. Uh, for only seven Australian dollars and if you want more realms I'd love to invite you to join the Endless Sea Discord which is the official realms discord server. You can also support the development of realms by heading over to the realms buy me a coffee page and either buying a crystal or signing up to become a tier one traveler which will give you access to things like early access to stories, podcasts, music and a whole bunch of other cool things with more planned for the future for only three dollars per month. With all that out of the way, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this chat with the Barber. Cool. All right. We're good. We're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Um, so... Hey. Yeah, what's going on? Wave to the people in the Instagram chat as well. We're live on Instagram, we're live on Twitch. Uh, we are live here or with uh, the amazing Lockie James, the Bardler. Uh, we're going to be chatting today about um, basically realms, the development of realms. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Lockie, the Bardler, is a really like hugely pivotal and kind of important part of the development of the realms universe, the realms story. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> um, honestly, without him, a lot of this project would have been very different and have come together very, very differently. Um, so, yeah, Lockie did a lot of the uh, writing of the expositions and stuff. If any of you have tuned into the or checked out the website um, and kind of read the stories or if you've bought the Bandcamp album and you've uh, read the PDF story there, uh, that's all him. Uh, so he's done an incredible job uh, with that. So yeah, uh, enough about me introducing you. Uh, Lockie, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm 
I'm lucky. I am the bardler on most of the social media things as of recently. That's a new change. Um, I am mostly a musician, stuff like that. Went to uni and high school. We've known each other how freaking long now? Oh, mate, it's it's been it's got to be a solid. 18 years, maybe yeah. at least. Maybe, maybe, maybe more like 16 years or something. Yeah, a since while. You, since, since I was 10, I think. Since we were 10. Yeah, so yeah. like 15 years then. Yeah, yeah, yeah a long time. Far out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and, you know, always kind of worked in kind of the same areas with uh, Tink generally. You doing... Just a little better than me, most things. Um, <laughs> still got, still got my maths, my maths prize or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're one higher than me that I think you got in most of the subjects we did. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So I'm a musician. Do a lot of you know metal stuff and writing of my own things, uh, which will be hopefully coming out soon. I have things I'm working Sick. on. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I do with a couple of others, uh, the Game Boys where we cover music from video games on acoustic guitars and we have other projects coming up with that too. Um, but in terms of more for, for the realm stuff, um, I obviously, as Tink said, I've been, uh, doing the, the exposition side of that and writing novelization, that sort of stuff. I've always, like I started writing when I was a little kid. I think the first novel like thing I wrote was a, Harry Potter, no, Hobbit spoof, um, where I just kind of thought the meaning of the word spoof was anything that's the opposite of what it was. <laughs> so hobbits were really tall and didn't eat much and were smelly. It was really bad, but oh dear. <laughs> I was six or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, I mean, it's been great, great fun to work with you on this stuff, um, actually get writing again, something I've wanted to do for ages. Um, yeah. 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 It's so good. It's so good to have you a part of this project, man. You've absolutely smashed it out of the ballpark. Like seriously, it's so, so cool. Well, thank you. Um, and it's great to be a part of it. Yeah, no pleasure. Pleasure. We've got a lot of people coming into the, the Instagram chat, which is kind of cool. Devin says, apparently you're it's very confused that you're older than 15. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks. What's I know up, it's hard to tell by my height, but you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's thought hilarious. The, thought the beard. The, I've got to grow a beard like this, you know, just so that most people don't think I'm 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hilarious, hilarious. Uh, what's up, Brad, as well? So, yeah, um, so thanks for joining. Uh, this is really cool to be able to do this. I'm hoping to be able to do this with some possibly some of the other realms collaborators in the future as well. And um, this will be uploaded as a, as a podcast too. But today, uh, just thought we'd jump on, do a bit of a live stream and have a chat about essentially how the process kind of came or how, how the whole thing came together. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I started the realms project, um, as part of my master's degree, uh, my master's of music, which I'm, which I'm still completing. And now that it's kind of released, that's a pretty big milestone in terms of that, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, but I kicked that off. It'd be two, two and a half years ago now or so that I started the masters. And so I was kind of conceptualizing the project for a while before that um and i think i'd probably mentioned it to you briefly prior yeah. to that like very in passing yeah i think 
I remember like very early on in your masters, you told me you were doing it. And I feel like you mm. had mentioned like the concept even mm. before that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the concept was something that I'd been working on, um, like developing for, for a while yeah. actually, um, like probably about four years ago, I think I actually started, started working on it, developing yeah. it. Um, uh, which is which is crazy crazy to think that, um, but then yeah. So I was doing some of the development of it and kind of got to the stage where I'd written out this massive story outline, and I was like, it'd be really really cool to have a, a story there, like a written story for it. And I knew that you uh, were like doing a lot of writing stuff or really interested in a lot of uh, writing stuff or also just a bit of backstory to Lockie. Mm. Lockie is the DM for, for a Dungeons and Dragons game that we've been playing now for about probably five years or yeah, something. A really long like. time. Way yeah. too long to only be level 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, had a, we had a few setbacks, but um, yeah. so yeah. So I knew that he was really great when it came to all the writing stuff and super awesome um, with taking all these awesome conceptual ideas uh, and like bring them to life in, in story and through, through storytelling and D and D and stuff like that. And then I reached out to you. When was it? Probably about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I reckon was sort it, of was it, just pre COVID. Was it pre COVID? Was it, or was it, was it kind of this first lockdown or something? Which would have been, lo- it sure wasn't longer than that. Cause I swear I remember working on it over, no, that was this summer that I was working on it over. Yeah. 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 So, I don't so, know. Yeah. The years all kind of blend into one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, yeah, probably let's, let's say a year and a half ago, kind of early, early 2020. Yeah. Um, and I presented you with, God, I can't even remember. It, was, it would have been a really short little story outline right you had no you had most of the outline um i remember you'd actually sort of told me about the world and the story before right. this too mm. um and you had the the general outline of like you know you know like a sentence saying mm. uh in this chapter marcus's head expands to 10 times the size that is not yeah. a story event but it's gonna be no, watch but- watch out for part two um yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but, be, yeah. uh, yeah. So like, it's, uh, I think you had that whole kind of general outline. You had the, the characters, Miles, not Marcus. Mm. God, what am I thinking of? Um, <laughs> well, going to introduce a character called Marcus and his head's going to expand 10 times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spoilers um, guys. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah, no. So like you had the, most of the story outline, I think you had all of act one. Um, it's the rest mm. that you was much more of a skeleton, which yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, you're right. We did we did chat about it. I did kind of talk to you about the story and the world and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'd had prior some world to building that conversations. A bit, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um and that I think that was actually cuz I was still developing the world and the story a little bit before I'd sent you everything or before you'd even started working yeah. on it. We kind of had a uh, you were kind of like my uh like my mastermind, <laughs> in a way. Like I, I'd, I'd bounce ideas back and forth S- off of you. Sounding a lot. board, yeah, yeah. The sounding board. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, I remember kind of coming to you with the initial idea of, hey, there's these like different realms of existence. There's this kind of uh, these 
uh, spoilers for those of you who haven't read, but, you know, these people called travellers who can kind of travel between these different realms of existence and um, they have, like, supernatural abilities and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll probably unintentionally drop a few extra spoilers yeah. <laughs> during the course of this, this little <laughs> podcast as well. But uh, that's okay. Little nuggets of information that, that I don't really mind sharing too much. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, so once I kind of gave... Uh, we talked about the world, talked about the story. I sent you that outline and, and I sent you the outline of spoilers, all of the, what is, uh, I think five acts, uh, to yeah. what, whatever is going to make up the whole of volume one that could end up being five acts. It could be more or less. I think it was three um, when you first sent it and I think it expanded to more. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever it was, the kind of entirety of, of volume one, um, and then I said, cool, can you write act one for me? So what happened at that point? What did you end up doing? Like, what was the next thing you did when you started writing and conceptualizing it all? Uh, I mean, the first thing I did, I have a bit of a weird process with writing, which is that I always find I actually have to just start writing to kind of start getting a feel for characters and worlds and things like that. So I actually, even before really reading the whole thing, I basically read the, like what you had for the first, like the very first track, very first yeah, chapter. Cool. And then just wrote a draft of that to try to get a feel for who um, Miles was and what the world was and just sort of mm. went with that. Um, and then after that, went off and read everything else to yeah. then sort of continue on with the rest. Um, but that was very much that first chapter. Cause we initially, what you initially asked me to do was, I believe three paragraphs. Yeah. It was like nothing. <laughs> it yeah, was like, it was... just expand this little synopsis out to like just an extra few paragraphs or something. Yeah. And, uh, I think the first one I sent back to you was instead three pages. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't the longest one I wrote either. <laughs> no. And I was like, we can work with this. We can work yeah. with this. <laughs> um, I am, uh, I'm as, a uh, Tink has also experienced, uh, in, oh yeah. For those of you who don't know, oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do people refer to you as Tinker. Is that a me? No, no, that's, 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 that's a high school. So yeah, that, cool, obviously yeah, yeah. my last name is Tinkler. So, um, a lot of my high school mates and, and buddies, buddies in real life will have, have nicknames for me that relate to my last name. So Tink, Tinky, Tinkler, Tinkerbell, yep. Tinkles, a lot of stuff Does, like that. I feel like Beth has some really insane ones too. Anyway. Tink, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so, uh, uh, where was I going with that? Um, my brain's about the three, the three, the three paragraphs and oh, they kind of, yeah. 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 So that like, you know, I had, uh, as you know, from our D and D stuff, I am a something of an overwriter. I start with a, an idea and then yep. that becomes a lot, a big thing. Um, hence five years. 10 levels. Yeah. Um, that's two levels a year. That's disturbing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so basically, you know, I found that I, as soon as I'd started writing, I just, I couldn't keep it quite as condensed as we'd origin originally planned uh, mm. and have the detail that I wanted to have in there. You know, you want to have those paragraphs that sort of set up what the world is without telling you, you want to mm. be able to show, not tell, you know, classic yep. writing advice. Um, and same with, you know, characters as you're meeting them. You don't want them to be saying 
you don't want to describe who they are. You want to have their actions do that, which sometimes means you have to set up scenes and all that. So it just, it expanded out into more writing. Um, and it, I think it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I remember getting that first, um, that first draft of the first chapter back from you and you were like, I've written a little bit more than a few paragraphs. And I was like, yeah, cool. That's fine. You know, whatever. And then I saw, it's like, oh, he's written, he's written a bit more than a, than a few paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I was like, no, this actually like works really, really well because I mean, I guess in my head, I hadn't, the only reason I'd kind of had that constraint is because I didn't expect there to be that much writing. Like I kind of, was, yeah. I, I kind of had kept my expectations like um, intentionally low, I suppose, yeah. not of you, but just of like the project being like, you know, it's going to be pretty small, like it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Each, it's kind of like liner notes of a CD booklet or something like that. Yeah. But then when you came back with like a, yeah, like what could essentially be like a chapter of a book, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, no, this this is this is awesome. This is something we can absolutely work with. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of things you you wrote even in that first chapter where I was like, you. And the cool thing was, I gave you a lot of creative liberty with kind of filling out the world as well. Yeah, but that was that was actually a really fun part of all of this. Was that like. You had so much of the, like, honestly, you know, you're, you're saying a lot about how, you know, good my writing was and all that. And thank you. But, um, the, one of the things that actually made it so fun to work on and to write this was having that, um, that plan of the story there. Cause I often struggle a bit more with the actual, like that part, the real planning out of everything. Um, because of that thing, as I was saying before, where I feel like I often need to write to get a feel for things, um, but that means things end up messy and have to go through lots of revisions. So yeah. having your plot outline there, but then also having you go feel free to add things to the world. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, you had <laughs> like yeah. final say on what they were and things. Um, but th that fact that I was kind of able to do that made it really fun to work within this, the constraints you'd given me, the storyline you'd given me, but also being able to add these little details that may not even be relevant to the story as such, mm. but might be relevant to the world as a whole. And yeah. Yeah. yeah we, like it, absolutely. And like, you know, I guess one of the, uh, anyone who's checked out the website and read like the discover section, for instance, like a lot of that, uh, which is, the, which is the wiki like section. Uh, a lot of that kind of came around because of this, the story that you that you'd put forward mm -hmm. like um all of the writing that you'd put forward about like you know oh if there's if they're the the people that live on the ground of cascadia they're called the dwellers like why don't we call that the dwelling and you know you yeah. people like inside the buildings it's like that's the rises and like stuff like that is, makes makes a lot of sense and then talking about the i mean initially we had the uh or i had uh kind of the scrappers were called collectors. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and then you kind of went, no, it'd be really cool if like the collectors were the, the organization that kind of um, yeah. like hired and employed the scrappers uh, and, and stuff like that, which, which was really yeah. cool. So those were just a few little things that I can think of top of my head anyway, that kind of came yeah. out from that. Yeah, and I think one of the things there too, this is always one of the good things about working with someone else who's like really creative is 
every time I had a, you know, I'd read something and I'd go, oh, this is a really cool little thing that you've written that you'd maybe not necessarily mm. thought about all of the implications of it. I'm like, I want to use this. Um, how can we use that? What does that mean? And then because I'll have a question, you'll expand on it. And then mm. you'll have a question, so I'll expand on it. And you kind of yeah. get that um, that real back and forth that really brings things to life in a much more kind of natural way, I find, um, rather than... <laughs> Often I find if like one person's working on something, it can end up in kind of a narrow focus where like you'll either, um, so a world might not feel quite as alive because there's mm. not as much, uh, because it's, you have a moral idea that you're trying to tell with the story and therefore yeah. the whole world seems to be built around this moral rather than it yeah. just being a bit more natural and flowing. So, mm. Well, yeah. and even like from a world building perspective, like I know that um, uh, you, you keep saying with the kind of, the creation for your D and D stuff that you're uh, like, you really struggle with like the visual aspect of things or you kind of yeah. get really bogged down in like a lot of these technical like yep. details and stuff. So yeah, that kind of having that single person work on that, it can, it can be obvious where their, their enjoyment lies in, yeah. in that kind of creation thing and where they're yes, like, exactly. oh, no, just kind of put the, put those other stuff to the side, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, having that back and forth and the, yeah, the sounding board to be able to yeah throw these ideas around in is, makes the world feel so much more more alive and actually i will say as well um to your what you just said about the the visual side of stuff that is a, a thing i really struggle with so um you know we had a situation down our most recent dnd session where uh they were trying to set up an ambush and i just couldn't describe the scenario well enough so <laughs> we ended up having like wait what's happening what's going we on sp we spent like 20 minutes kind of going back and forth and we, we thought we were doing something and then we all yeah. had different ideas in our head <laughs> yeah yeah so it was um it got all a bit messy um but uh you had these wonderful artworks for each of the initially just like a few of the mm. like set pieces yeah um but eventually all of the tracks um but those initial like the artwork of Cascadia and the other one later, which is a spoiler. Um, yeah. That was like well, I had I had I had Cascadia and the Endless Sea. Those those two are not spoilers. Cool. Yeah. The rest are. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cascadia and the Endless Sea. Um, so seeing those, it's like because I even though I struggle to come up with visuals, I'm actually I often have a really strong visual in my head. I just don't know how to translate that into a more into a physical description because I'm bad with like you know distances mm. and things like that. Um, so seeing those pictures, it was like, great. I kind of already have this really strong identity of what this place is in my head. And then it's just a matter of, you know, staying true to that as, as you're writing, you know, when you're in Cascadia, mm. you want everything to feel grungy, dirty, hard, a bit kind of tough constantly, um, compared to the endless sea stuff where it was like, I'm just going to go as you know, insane yeah. as I want. It's like, this yeah. is going to be batty. There's going to be things happening left and right that don't make sense. And I don't even have to try to make them. It's, yeah. they I shouldn't. Mean, yeah. Like reading some of the stuff that you did for the, for the endless sea stuff, I was like, man, none of this, like, so, so, so you get the paragraphs where you go, this absolutely does not, like, I have no idea what's going on right now, yeah. but that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, literally. And that was that was very much a thing with that writing all of that section was just like, I, I know vaguely what I'm describing, but it's not really physically possible. Yeah. So 
I'm just gonna kind of let it be that way because yeah. it could be beyond beyond human comprehension, and that would be fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, what was it like? Um, kind of, because uh, like I. I had kind of zero idea what the endless sea would look like um, from so until I kind of saw that 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 artwork that I kind of in, initially commissioned, um, I was like, I kind of vaguely had in my head like any any like Pokemon fans out there, anyone who's played, played like Pokemon Platinum, if you've kind of been to like yeah. the um, you know, Giratina's Distortion World kind of thing, uh, that was kind of like something like that is kind of what I had in my head, and then yeah. Um, for you know talking about the creative liberties and stuff when i sent it to the an artist they initially came back with like i mean in that in that in the c image there's like some uh there's some tech stuff in there yeah that's uh, right yeah. on on the left hand side kind of weaved in with um like trees and other like nature and bushes and kind of leaves and stuff like that so i was like that's cool i hadn't actually considered the fact that there was like tech um, mm. or man-made constructions in there either, which started to change my view of it. So how was it like for you envisaging that world and or that space and trying to come up with those like moments of weirdness and uh, yeah, like what, what's, I don't know, what's your process for that, I guess? So I think actually there, the first thing I did, um, you know, we were just talking about the artwork. The first thing I did was basically looked at that and you, you'll actually like, when you read through it, you'll see a few of the things that appear in the artwork I kind of described as well. Mm. So like the, the gate like thing that pops up yep. at the end is kind of in the background on the left in the artwork, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think there's a building off to the left somewhere that's sort of twisted. And so I actually yeah. del- very much went, well, this is the artwork. So this is the scene. Um, and then just kind of went further with it. A lot of, a lot of that actually was a bit of an element of kind of going, okay, start with something that kind of makes sense to me, but is a bit weird. Something like, mm. you know, without uh, spoiling anything. So, you know, something like a block of land floating up through the air, which is yeah. already, it's like, well, that doesn't happen. Land is land. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, so what if some of the natural laws of physics just didn't function? So what if that land was on its side and dirt was falling sideways? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what that looks like. I can barely even picture that because it's not yeah. flinging. It's just kind of falling. But it's like, where is it falling from? Where's the start point from it falling? Yeah. Like, where is that shifting gravity? Like, and yeah. that was, and that was kind of what I, where I went with it was I just went, break it break a rule just go well, this is this is a you know start with something a little bit weird start breaking rules and take it up to about the point where i go i don't really know what's happening anymore and take yeah. it no further so it's like yeah. once i'm starting to lose a hold on it if i go any further it's going to get too weird but mm. at that point you go maybe this could just be something that is a little hard to understand but is still kind of plausible mm. um yeah, so that was kind of that main thing. And then also, as you said, in that image, there's trees, there's buildings, there's all sorts of weird things. There's tech and not tech and, yeah. So, um, hmm, trying to think, this is a, this runs a spoiler danger, so I'm not going to say too much, but... Um, well, I mean, I start- yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, this would be potentially longer spoilers. Oh, I think your okay. video's gone from Instagram there. It might just be me. Oh. Um but yeah, yeah so like 
I was kind of thinking there of if there can be buildings and there can be trees, why yep. can't there be a beach? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yep. crystals or whatever. Like, I just was like, if, if there's those two things, there can be anything. Mm. So kind of mash up every possible biome and into one place but yeah it don't make sense yeah yeah it's cool i mean like you're talking before about the kind of pushing it to that limit and like not pushing it any further like it definitely the the first uh when you first sent through that initial endless sea chapter um i did have to read it a few times to kind of figure out what was going on yeah like um yeah there's moments where the characters are doing certain things or trying to achieve certain things or wait what how does that work yeah (laughs) kind of (laughs) trying to picture it in your head and you kind of get yeah some some semblance of a an image or whatever and you go that's that's kind of good enough i'll just i'll just move on like that's that's the that's the idea so I, i feel like you really captured that well, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, that weirdness <laughs> that that I was kind of so so after because I I remember initially when I was getting yeah that that artwork commission just for the endless sea, um, I kept I kept saying to to Ivan was the was the guy that I commissioned and I kept saying like no, you can go weirder, you can go weirder, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, um, which was, which was pretty cool, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, so. In terms of some of the, um, I've got some other stuff to talk about later, but, uh, like some of the, obviously you took some cool creative liberties in terms of, uh, the world development and stuff like that. What about, cause you, you, you introduced a few cool, um, characters and stuff like that as well, especially, yep. especially in Cascadia, which, um, led to a few, you know, obviously that kind of, that that iterative process, that reciprocal thing of between, you know, going back and forth. Yeah. Um, but like, what was some of the process of coming up with some of those characters? Like, why did you feel the need to come up with some of those characters? Like, like Rand house, for instance. Um, uh, yeah. Like, so, yeah. um, that was partly a thing of, so a, a world is lived in, right? Um, which means that someone like Miles has a life before they before the adventure kicks off, and you want to the the decision to you know become a part of this story doesn't have weight unless there's things they're leaving behind. Yeah. Um, now for you know obviously for like if it's a, you know, a young adult thing, often that's like their parents or their friends or whatever, mm. or their district or their whatever dystopian rule is happening because yeah. it's young adult. Um, but yeah. uh, it's, so you always want to kind of have that. And that mostly serves as a way to establish, yeah, I guess what they're leaving behind. So um, obviously Miles isn't so necessarily he doesn't have the happiest life in in the traditional sense of the word um so rather than it being him leaving you know a happy life behind or anything like that it was more about kind of setting up the pressures that are on him and they always are going to come from other people it's and it's better if 
you know, as we talked about the collectors, it's better if they have a face. Um, It's better if his, you know, I just was going through his thoughts. I'm like, so why is he out in the scrap? Well, what does everyone need to do? Everyone needs to live. So I guess he's paying rent. So then you get someone like Randhouse coming into it. Who's, you know, the landlord just needs to pay him. And it starts off just as that like little aside where it's like, what's his motivation? Okay. Well, there's this person who would be involved in that motivation. And then it kind of, evolves from there you have the um the yeah just the more of that that you kind of have done and all of that you have things that start to form i have things that start to form in my head Mm. um and some of them you know if it was like uh if we were going for a big epic sci-fi thing we we could spend a third of a book in cascadia yeah Yeah. oh totally Yeah. yeah yeah Um, uh, which is it's it's cool i kind of uh, for those of you who who aren't aware as well like there's there's more that that Lockie has written that is not on the website um which is stuff that is included in like the the kind of pdf download that you get that you get with the um the the bandcamp purchase yeah. um which does kind of help build up a bit of that that world building i i, th- I think for instance like uh there's a character introduced in that in those extra bits that doesn't show up really in the website. Yeah, um, there's there's is, a reference in the track after the chapter after. Yeah, but it's true. just kind of an in passing reference that like, you don't really need to have yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even even things like that that was kind of the, uh, those those in passing references. Like it's it still works. Yeah, even, even if you have no idea. Who, who that character is. Well, because because Mars knows the world. So yeah. even though the readers don't, and, you know, in some instances while writing, we don't, yeah. Mars does. So yeah. if Miles is turning a corner, he knows where that corner goes, unless he's mm. in a part of the city he hasn't been to. If he's, you know, seeing someone walking down the street, he can look at them in their dress sense and know their social station or whatever. Yeah. It's the same as, you know, us when we're walking around. Any, anyone you can kind of look at and you have a guess at who they are or you know them, it's a just a fact of life. And it's something that, you know, if you're making, if you're writing, you want the, the characters to feel like they know the world better than you. So that over time, the audience kind of learns about the world through them, or you have the, the other fish out of water technique where the main character is the audience and there's someone else explaining it to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we have a little bit of both of. Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we absolutely do, yeah. which is really, really cool. Um, I mean, speaking of kind of uh, the idea of like spending, you know, more time in Cascadia or whatever and like that, what was it like um, from, because obviously, you know, you you did, we've, we've talked, of this, talked about this already, that you did write more than I'd initially told you to write, yeah. which again was really awesome, and I'm so glad with how that turned out. But what what was it like from your perspective, um, kind of having to put a limit on that and being like, oh, actually, I would have really liked to have, you know, gone more into this world and and that. It, like, it was probably a really good thing if you just said <laughs> write me a story. I'd still be in here. There'd be manuscripts piled up all around me. Uh, yeah. I'd be pulling my hair out and tossing screwed up balls of paper over my shoulder. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it it was actually, it's really helpful to sort of set those those boundaries and things because it, uh, it, you know, you 
there's a reason that like a movie, for example, is a really, uh, if, if you're adapting a book into a movie, right. Mm. The movie's always going to cut things or change things and same yep. with the TV series. Cause when you're working within time constraints, you have to focus on just the things that you can get through. You have to do yep. like get the, all the important details of the story out in a limited time. Um, and I actually think there's some real benefit in writing, uh, prose the same way. Um, yep. you know, uh, one of my favorite authors, Brandon Sanderson is a, uh, big planner and he, mm. well, obviously his big epic series is extremely long, but one of the things I love about his writing is that most of the time it doesn't feel like there's wasted words. You feel like everything you read is a part of something. It's building towards something and yep. never feels like there's anything there that doesn't need to be which you know can be great sometimes you know sometimes you want that the big long explorations of the world mm. and stuff and but from a story point of view i often prefer it to be a bit more kind of driven which when we've got these music tracks to go along with the mm. the the text you have that real kind of drive there you know yeah. i mean actually something we haven't mentioned yet I is was, that yeah um i uh, we with, we talked about this with a few of them. I wrote them, all of them. I went back and did this, so they don't all match up exactly. But I wrote them so that you could basically read them in the time it took to finish the track. Mm. Um, particularly with the more intense tracks, because I wanted you to be, you know, it's not quite yeah. as yeah. Um, which in itself is really interesting because it's like that's a whole other time constraint and yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so what was that? like because i mean <laughs> that yeah, was this whole other added layer of complexity yeah. to have to do that that was different that was a that was mostly editing that i did that mm. through so i think with most of those it was i'd write the main like i'd write it i'd listen to the track to get like the feel mm. for the what the scene was supposed to be yeah. um you know do i write with short sentences uh long drawn out sentences mm. I, I, yeah and did the, did the did the music influence that uh, yeah. like a fair bit? Yeah. Cool. Yes, absolutely. So in whenever you know you had um uh like a, a break where the synths or pads I'm yep. exposing my bad knowledge of EDM here. <laughs> That's okay. Um <laughs> when the the music uh, expands out to something a bit more kind of mellow and mm. less driven, um I would start writing in longer sentences i'd bring in a lull in the scene or whatever mm. the big one is not uh creek was one but the one after that what's the track name oh i am vanguard that one yeah yeah so oh, the, was, yeah there's those long drawn out yep that was the biggest one that was matches up most closely where you have those uh these long drawn out sections that are kind of more ambient um compared to you know much more intense drops and mm. things like that so I wanted to have action scenes and fast paced words and all of that for whenever the music was fast paced and intense mm. and then, uh, you know, more emotional, exploratory, uh, longer sections where in feel, not in actual length, yeah. where the music got more ambient and stretched out. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was, it, it was really interesting, a very different way to write. Actually, super fun though. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because um, putting the website together, I had a few, uh, I kind of did like a few test runs with a few people to see, and, and I'm still doing this as well, actually, um, like seeing how 
they progress along with the story and time with the music. Yeah. And it all actually lines up and works out really, really well. Yeah. So you've done a really good job to to do that. That's really that's really, really good cool. to hear. Um, <laughs> like, and, and then even, uh, I mean, because obviously then there was the, the, the next kind of part of the process with that was with what you'd written, then I took little words and phrases yeah. out of that and then kind of pulled the, pulled them into the music yeah. um, as well. And yeah, seeing where that, those actually lined up um, was a really, was a really interesting thing as well. And, and seeing how other people actually kind of, you know, where they get to those, if they get to them at the right point or if they kind yeah. of, you know, see it beforehand or afterwards uh, was a really, really interesting yeah. thing as well. That's really, it's really cool that that's, um, to, to hear that there's like other people have listened to it and had that lineup. Like I had, I think, uh, I think I got my mum to do a oh, test, cool. listen and read yeah. when I was doing it as well. So it was like, you know, uh, had one other point of view, but obviously yeah. otherwise I didn't want to share it around too much or anything. Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of me and you doing that. So it's really cool to hear that other people have like, it syncs up pretty well. Cause I think in the end we did go back and edit most of them so that they all pretty much lined up. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the the um, there are two. So, Creek and the Endless Sea have extra sections which yeah. aren't on on the website. So, uh, it was, I mean, it was interesting the fact that even with those those cut sections for them, they actually still kind of lined up. Yeah. Uh, well, which I guess for Creek makes makes sense because the kind of extra sections sections for that were a lot more ex expositiony than. Than, yeah, because those those um those the extra sections in Creek are almost like a prologue. It was they're more... kind of like a mid chapter almost. Yeah, it, it mm. was. It was again. It was that thing of the world's lived in. He's got other goals than what the story has in plan for him. So he has other yeah. things he's going to go off and do. Um, mm. so I wrote them, but then from yeah from that sort of pacing point of view, when you're reading it along with the music, it was like well, yeah, but the the track is about this bit. So having mm. these other things happen before that kicks off just felt weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like the, and endless sea similar too. It was like, you know, that whole, the feeling of the bits I wrote after, cause that's, that's the opposite. It's like, you have yeah. the intro and then you have like this sort of longer, more exploratory section afterwards mm. and having the music be like that track to me sounds like it's, kind of filled with wonder like they're yeah. it's in it's in awe mm. um which the first part of that captures more than the second part of what i wrote yeah yeah um so it kind of makes sense that after we'd cut them the timing's more interesting but it makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. that like theme wise they fit more after cutting those those bits yeah yeah i mean it's interesting with the endless sea as well because that was i think i'm i think my brief to you for that particular track was like this is a medley of them kind of exploring yeah that space yes um which is which, what i wrote and then yeah. when it was written it was like actually no we we just want the start bit yeah um which is yeah like it, it's interesting how those sorts of things happen you know you start with the brief and then as you do it it's like actually no this needs to this needs to change to be this and you often end up with things that are just actually very different yeah yeah it's, i mean it's um it's really cool because like it's it's a really different process for me as well, having that such like 
Because, I, I mean, I went back and changed the tracks a, a few times, like, after seeing what you'd written yeah. as well and, like, changed a bit of the timing and changed some of the other stuff around it. So it mm. was it was pretty consistently, like, um, like, a living project whilst we were both working on it. It was, yeah. It was very cool to have that back and forth. Mm. Yeah. Um, a big moment of that for me actually was when you sent me before the release, you sent me the PDF. Oh yeah. Um, and it had all the artwork, um, for yep. the, that I hadn't seen, which was based off scenes I'd written. Yeah. And that was yeah, kind of mind blowing for me. I was like, this is the coolest thing yeah. <laughs> that's ever happened. Yeah. So to I mean, see that yeah, in terms of, yeah, in terms of timing, like, cause you had, you got, uh, the image for the divided city and the endless sea, yeah. um, which are the kind of two realm images. And then, yeah, I like, I'd forgotten that I hadn't sent you the, the, <laughs> the artwork, images yeah. prior to the, prior to the, me showing you the PDF. Um, but yeah, then the images for Creek, I am Vanguard and, um, and ambushed were all written to your, yeah your writing. Yeah. And seeing, you know, again, avoiding spoilers, seeing mm. Vanguard standing there, like in the background in Creek with her hand yep. up and the, yeah. yeah. And um, then the, the, uh, this isn't too spoiler, it's just a teaser. Uh, the creatures. Yeah. In, uh, um, what's that one? Uh, uh, ambushed. Ambushed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in like the creatures there, I was like, wow, this is, it's kind of wild to see what I wrote as an image because, wow, that's mm. just weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I should, I should have showed you, I should show you the, um, the, the like works in progress ones of those because I actually got him to make them weirder. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, no, they're not weird enough. They've got to be, they've got to be stranger and like, yep. um, but I mean, it would be really interesting to hear like from from the artist's perspective as well, maybe I could get Dust on to talk about how um, he kind of wrote to your or drew to your writing, because um, obviously there are things that they would pick up on in the writing and be like, oh, that's something to include in the scene, or that's something to yeah. include in the scene, and um, that yeah, was that kind of yeah. That was actually absolutely one of the things I found really interesting when I saw the the artwork was like. Uh, with the creatures and with the way the scene was laid out, the amazing thing, one of the amazing things, like with the Creek one for me is I'm like, this is exactly what I was picturing. Like yeah. the entire way that was, it's like, this is what was in my head. It is amazing how Sick. much he nailed that. Um, and then with the monsters in ambushed, it was like, wow. Um, these almost like can't look real. Like yeah. they look borderline cartoony. Um, because they're just so strange, but in a good way, mm. it's like, <laughs> and some of the details you see in that, I was like looking at the artwork cause I saw it so much, so long after I'd written everything, mm. I was like, Oh wow. I did write that. Didn't I? That's yeah. That description's like, he's nailed the description and wow, it looks yeah. even weirder here than I thought it yeah. did. <laughs> well, like even, even in that image, like, um, there's some like floating rocks around, yeah. around one of the characters. Like I, like that's, you know, I, I'll be honest, like I kind of glossed over that part when I was reading through it. Um, but seeing that, you know, in the image and then you kind of go back and you read it, it's like, oh, that actually, like that, that yeah. does, that, that is in the text, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, the weird thing is that that's what I'm saying. It was even like that for me. I wrote it and I was like, oh yeah, I did write that. Huh. <laughs> Forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. 
crazy. And um, so I mean, we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap it up, wrap it up here soonish. Um, but so obviously you're still going to be doing the story and stuff kind of um, moving forward. Well, at least I, I hope you're going to be able to stay on for, for as long as you can with it. Cause you've done a, such an awesome job um, with it. And obviously you know where the story is, is heading. Um, and so, and, and all that stuff as well. So uh, I guess kind of like um, how, like we, we, you kind of talked about it previously, like having that outline and stuff there, of course. But obviously, like I'm the one that's coming up with the outline <laughs> for yeah. a lot of this stuff. So uh, knowing all that kind of further on in the story stuff, how has that affected the writing? as well because I, I know there are a few points where it's like oh we kind of have some I mean there are a lot of teasers in yeah. the first act towards a lot of stuff that's coming way 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 later on yeah um, but uh, I don't know like is it important for you to have that as a writer Absol- absolutely so I mean one of the things that is you know like they of, you often see discussions around like the idea of so George R. R. Martin has talked about this mm. a fair bit. Um, the idea of like a a gardener versus a I can't remember the word, but basically like a gardener versus like something a architect. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, where like George R. R. Martin's style is to just kind of write and see where it naturally flows from, you know, the characters and things like that. Mm. Um, while someone as I, like Brandon Sanderson, who I described before is an architect, he plots everything. He literally updates, you know, percentages of his progress. Yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me yeah. about that. Yeah. Cause he, he knows so well how much he's going to write that it's like, and what he's got to write that he knows how close to done he is. It's insane. Mm. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, liking to sort of feel things out, but I really like, you know, good foreshadowing, and things like that. To me, when a twist comes up or a new character enters into a story or something like that, it's really good if, you know, the audience has already guessed that's where the plot's going. You yep. want that. You want the audience to be guessing your twists. Not too well. Mm. Um, you want there to be, you know, if you jump on Reddit or whatever, there's one thread where someone's got this and it's got 300 yep. upvotes and everyone's going, this sounds legit. This could be yep. what happens. Um, but, you know, not everyone's getting it. Uh, so to me, having those foreshadowing moments of future events is super important and also makes people want to read and listen to more, you know, when there's that, you know, voice (laughs) that pops in and some of the references to the way the, um, like the whispering and things Mm. like that. Yeah. The hope is that people read that and go, what's that? And then they want to know the answer. Mm. Um, and people can speculate and people can guess. And, you know, if people get it right, they get to very rightfully feel kind of triumphant and like totally satisfied when that like, yeah, I got this. Um, so yeah, super important to have that, like your outline there to be looking at. And it also informs how I write the characters at this point. Yeah. Um, knowing what they're going to do later you have to make sure that that's within their personality as you start writing them or that their personality mm. can logically grow to that point. 
Yeah, I guess that's that, that is a big thing. I do remember you asking me about that at numerous points. Like, what is the personality of this character? Mm. Like, if if they're going to reach this point, like, you know, how yeah. how do they get there? Where do they start? Like, why are they going to that particular point? Exactly, because like you know, the the benefit of writing a gardener style, like you know, the George R. R. Martin thing, is that you're just following the logical thread each time. So you don't have those moments where a character does something that's outside their personality because you're always doing what is within their personality and letting yeah. the story follow the character. Whereas when you've, you're using more of the architect style, which is basically what we're doing here. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. You have to make sure that you don't write yourself into a corner with personality where a character is forced to do something that seems outside their character and therefore the audience goes, oh, that seems really unbelievable or, you know, feels betrayed mm. by, you know, a, a character suddenly being stupid or not yeah. talk anymore about Game of Thrones as Nate. I was, um, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. wow, well, yeah, I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, far out. Um, cool, dude. Uh, well... I'm trying to think if there's anything else to that we could chat about. Is there any, is there any other parts of the process that you'd be interested in kind of that, you know, you want to bring up or you found really interesting uh, that you think would be interesting to share with everyone else? I think um, actually something I've wondered about, which is more of a question for yeah. you. Sure. Is, yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of a, you know, the same thing you just kind of asked me where it's like, did you, for one, did you start with the, uh, the plot idea and then the audio uh, or did you have like, how did the, the songs come to be from the plot? Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting question. Cause I mean, often, uh, I will like a lot of my writing is like, it, it's just kind of writing. Like I'll just jump, jump on the computer, jump into Ableton and just be like, you know, just, just lay down some ideas or whatever. But yeah. a lot of this was really, really curated, really structured. I had literally, before I started writing music, I had that whole outline that I sent you. Yeah, cool. And I then I wrote, did. yeah, yeah. And then I wrote basically all of Act One in essentially a week, like because I had all of that, all of that framework, story framework already there, which made it so that I kind of knew where those those lulls were going to happen, where those moments of action were going to happen, how I wanted to portray the different. Um, uh, like emotions and feelings of each yeah. of the different scenes. Uh, so having those outlines there were really important for that. Yeah. And also, I mean, from the musical perspective as well, like uh, I, I intentionally, you know, there's, there's, if you listen to the music, you'll hear kind of like a, a motif come in at, at, at a lot of points. And there's, there's a motif that is yeah. associated with, with Cascadia and then there's a motif that's associated with the endless sea. And then there's a whole kind yeah. of melodic phrase that's associated with each of the characters and stuff like that as well. Um, which is not explicit, but knowing that and kind of having mm. those different ideas of like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is where miles comes in. This is, this is miles's theme. And now it's a really important part of the story for him. So I'm going to bring back that theme somehow whether it's just teasing it or if it's a full, you know, the, the full yeah. theme or whatever. Um, I think, uh, I think in ambushed, for instance, in that, in that break in ambush, there's like, it's got miles, the theme essentially playing, yeah. playing kind of lightly in the background. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having the outline for me was, 
super important in the writing process. And I was really surprised with myself at how, um, I guess, easy it made writing the music in a weird Interesting. sense. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's almost like scoring a movie that doesn't exist in a way. Yeah. Pretty much, it's like, but it's like it's a movie that doesn't exist, but exists in 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 my head. In your head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I like that. You know the the mo- the motifs and things like that. I I noticed some of them. I didn't mm. necessarily connect all of them to exactly what they were, but I mm. you can certainly hear the motifs and stuff. And it's one of those things where like, you know, with great film scoring, you don't necessarily know that you're hearing the motifs. Um, mm. you feel them. Uh. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, a great example I know of is the Greyhaven's theme in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yep. First time it shows up, it's this, you know, he's describing the Greyhavens, but you don't really, that's the first time you've heard it. So it's just like, mm. oh, this is a very emotional piece of music. And then, of course, it closes out the movie and there's this slow transition from like the Hobbit theme to the Greyhaven's theme. And it's yeah. really kind of an emotional journey that you can get just from the music. Um, So yeah, like, and I definitely got a sense of that from what you wrote, that same thing where it's like, oh, there's, even if I'm not necessarily aware of what it is, I'm like, there's something, this is coming back here. This is, you know, a thing I've heard before. This is a sense of familiarity, a sense of, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, No, cool. That's, um, because I'd been wondering that for ages. If you just like sat down and written six tracks and then gone, all right, let's turn this into a story. Yeah. <laughs> or if it had well, been more structured. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll probably do another live stream or something at some point. Maybe I'll have you on where I kind of talk about that that music process as well. Um, because, it, yeah, it was definitely not a process, not a way that I've normally done it, but it's a way that I've, I really enjoyed doing it. And it's exactly how I'm going to do at least all of the Traveller Chronicles yeah. stuff um, to kind of keep that pretty consistent. There's other kind of side stories and tangential stories that I and not writing that way because I want to be able to fit my music into the the whole realms world yeah. kind of wherever it can fit. But those main storylines, it I think it yeah. really gives it a sense of journey, a sense of movement and storytelling it does. and progression yeah. that you can't otherwise get, I don't feel. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Wicked, dude. Well, thank you very much for hopping on um, no and, and having a chat. This was, this has been really fun. It's been really insightful for me as well because we haven't really sat down and chatted <laughs> no, about we haven't this. Really. So it's yeah. really cool to hear all that. Um, and, I mean, hopefully we can we can do it again um, at some point, maybe when there's, you know, when Act 2 is out or something, yeah. we, can, we can do that or maybe even beforehand. Um, uh, those of you tuning in live, this is obviously going to be, you know, edited and uploaded as a podcast as well somewhere so you can you can re-listen to it if you want to if you found some interesting things um but yeah thank you all for for tuning in um and if you haven't checked out realms already make sure make sure you do um if you're interested in kind of checking it out kind of learning about what we were just talking about today so um otherwise yeah thanks all so much it's been awesome to to chat to you dude so really really appreciate it and um yeah hope you hope you're well in this extra six lockdown or whatever it is yeah, but yeah. anyway let's, let's not side, dampen the mood <laughs> one, one, one benefit to that the mm-hmm. message I sent I can start writing next week now <laughs> this is true this is true so yeah. yes um, yeah. act two soon <laughs> <laughs> it'll be coming it'll be coming yeah awesome everyone well thank you so much dude really no appreciate worries. it and, good to um, talk to you yeah likewise likewise we'll chat soon yeah 
Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this chat with the Bardler. Uh, if you want to go and follow the Bardler, you can do so over on Instagram and a whole bunch of other places. I will put links to his stuff in the description of this podcast. Once again, make sure to go and check out the Realms website if you haven't already. Otherwise, I will see you travelers in the endless sea.